Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in OU podcast. Might come up with a different name down the road, but we'll stick with that for now. My name is Sean Forster, and I will be your host for this glorious podcast on a regular basis on Believe. I, you know, a little intro for myself, uh, full-time YouTuber, you know, don't hold it against me, been doing it full-time for about two or three years, and uh, COVID kind of uh, pushed that <laughs> pushed that up for me. Uh, I'm a fan, like most of you. Uh, I do have a sports casting degree from Full Sail from the Dan Patrick uh, Broadcasting School, and um, I didn't get a chance to put it into full use because of said pandemic, and... Uh, just went full-time on YouTube, and now I'm here to give you my takes on OU football and college football in general. And I meant to start this a couple weeks back, but things have been hectic, and the YouTube channel comes first. But I digress. Let's talk about some OU football in 2022. So predictions have been coming out. We've already had a week zero. So for some of you, you've got to see a preview of what Nebraska looks like. It's not very good. And then you got to see what UTEP looked like if you could find Stadium or figure out how to get it on your Roku, like me. Uh, their line of scrimmage is not very great, uh, but they have a decent wide receiver who can make a play or two. But other than that, I'm not too worried about this week. So uh, as for the season as a whole, uh, to encapsulate the entire offseason going all the way back to the end of November, uh, it has been a roller coaster of emotions for OU fans everywhere. Uh, everyone felt betrayed, abandoned. And it's a feeling we haven't felt before. Usually when coaches leave, one of two things happens. Either they're fired, they retire, or uh, like Chuck Fairbanks took an NFL job. So we were kind of expecting that part for Lincoln Riley. Uh, instead, he took another blue blood job, which is unprecedented until Brian Kelly did it when he left the blue blood job for LSU. But again, that's a whole other topic onto itself, and we'll see how that turns out this season for Brian Kelly down in Baton Rouge. But for OU in 2022, I want to talk about expectations for this year. And I know if you've been following this team, and if you've, especially if you've been following recruiting, my God, recruiting has been fantastic on Brent Venables. Uh, the month of July might have been the greatest month I have seen in modern recruiting in my lifetime. Uh, just going all the way back to like modern internet recruiting database stuff, uh, Brent Venables, believe it or not, is on pace to have, from a 24-7 composite score, the greatest recruiting class in OU history. Now, look, if we could rank some of those classes that Barry Switzer had in the 70s and the 80s, I'm sure we could come up with a aggregate score that would please everybody at the end of the day. But for what we're going with modern times... The defensive recruits that Brent is bringing in, potentially, uh, the ones he still has a chance to get, like a Peyton Bowen and a DJ Hicks, uh, you should feel excited if you're an Oklahoma football fan, because defense is coming back to Norman. Will it come back this year, though? That's the question. So again, we're talking about realistic expectations, and everyone's hyped up, everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid, everyone's reading the practice reports and hearing about the scrimmages and hearing about this guy and this guy, what they're doing and what Jeff Levy's offense is going to look like. Uh, I would caution everyone just to pump the brakes a tad, not completely. I want you to have fun this year. I want you to be excited. I want you to support the team. But I just, 
a lot of you out there are thinking 12 and one in playoff. And I'm with you on that to an extent. I'm rooting for that. I'm a fan. I want to see this team succeed. You want to, what you really want to do, you want to stick it to Lincoln Riley. You want to stick it also to the media who said back in January that our program was dead. You want to stick it to all the, the trolls of other fan bases who said, yeah, oh, your entire team left. You, know, you lost your quarterback and you lost a receiver who made like two catches last year. So therefore he's the most important. You lost Hazelwood. You lost Stock. Oh my God, you lost, you lost your entire defensive line. I get that, guys. I really, really do. I understand it. I've been living it and breathing it along all with you. But with expectations for this season, I think you have to scale it down just a little bit. What I mean is, I think reasonable expectations for this football program is a Big 12 championship. And that's my ceiling. That's where I think this program can and will go. That doesn't mean they can't overachieve. That doesn't mean they can't surpass those expectations. But what I'm telling you right now, if you set your expectations right now to, can we get to Arlington? Can we get to the Big 12 championship? Can we hoist that trophy? And can we make things seem like, okay, this is just year one. I can't wait to see what year two and three look like. Because for, for some of you, if you if you set your expectations for a national title or playoff this year, I just feel like you're going to be disappointed because how many years have we had these expectations? Like we're going to do it. We had them last year. I had them last year. And so there's always going to be something. There's going to be a roadblock that pops up. There's going to be team. There's going to be a team that beats you that you don't expect. You're going to have an injury here and there that's going to cost you in certain areas. You can't afford it. The quarterback position, that's for sure. We don't have that luxury anymore. So what I'm asking the fan base right now is like, I think a 10 and two regular season or 11 and two get you to the, get you to a nice new year, six game, the sugar bowl, probably against the Kentucky, maybe a Texas A&M. And if both teams care, want to play, you might have an exciting matchup. If not, then we'll have, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we've seen in other new year, six games, past years and other bowl games. Cause that they're a total train wreck and not worth watching at this point. So what are my expectations for certain games? What games are we going to lose? Well, I went on my channel the other day and I made my prediction and uh, some of you didn't like it. And if you didn't, you don't know, I expect Oklahoma to lose to Kansas state at home and lose to Baylor at home, but win against Baylor in a rematch in the big 12 championship. And I know your first reaction is like losing two games at home. Come on, Sean, what are you talking about? Listen, I went through this too. I looked at the schedule I looked at certain areas and I asked myself, you gotta find at least one loss because one thing this team hasn't done since 2004 is have an undefeated regular season. It's a big ask even for Brent. And I love Brent Venables, but he still has to put W's on the football field. He still has to put a winning program and product for all of us to see. Recruiting, he's killing it right now. I love Brent Venables and his staff recruiting right now. They are on fire. But we still got to see what the team looks like over the next few weeks. And they got a couple warm-up games. They got UTEP this week. We got a little sneak preview of what they look like. I think OU will be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. They'll be able to name the score. Kent State, get your ESPN Plus now in case you haven't figured it out. You have two weeks to figure out ESPN Plus. That's when the Kent State game's going to be on. Uh, I'll give Kent State all the credit in the world. They were able to go down to College Station last year and give them a fit for about a half. And then the Aggies blew the, blew the doors off in the second half. Uh, Nebraska, look. 
I know it was a close game last year, and people were going to think the same thing. I think the crowd in Lincoln is going to be very, very excited, regardless of what happened in Ireland. I I just believe at the end of the day, uh, OU will be able to win that game somewhat comfortably. I am not impressed with Scott Frost. It's the same old story with Nebraska last year. And the one difference is we're not getting the same Oklahoma team from last year because Lincoln Riley's gone. Uh, we're not going to have this lackadaisical, lazy approach that we saw last year. I think Brent's going to have a tougher, more physical football team, and they will win somewhat comfortably in Lincoln. So a lot of people are trying to circle. That's the trap game. I don't think your first big game of the year is going to be a trap game for Oklahoma. They're circling this one. They know this one's important. The one I do worry about, as I mentioned earlier, K-State is next week at home. Uh, you have all of the connection with, with connections with Brent Venables at Kansas State and you know, the, that rivalry with just with the coaching staff that goes back 20-something years. Obviously, Bill Snyder's no longer there, but Chris Kleiman is. Kleiman's a hell of a football coach, and he's been a pain in OU's side for many, many years. And here's the thing about Kansas State, folks. Regardless of who the coaches are, uh, K-State's got three W's in Norman since 2012. So they're used to coming in here and getting wins. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they could do it. And last I checked, Deuce Vaughn is still on their roster, and he scares me. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that K-State's going to blow OU out. I think it'll be a competitive game. But if I have to pick a loss, I'm going to pick Kansas State. Because when you look at the road schedule for Oklahoma on the in the Big 12, you got TCU. Yeah, they got a decent, they got a pretty good wide receiver to worry about as well. Uh, Iowa State, you got a bye week to prepare for that one. Granted, Iowa State also does as well. West Virginia is on the road. Not a believer, Neil Brown. If JT Daniels can stay healthy, maybe he can do something there, but I don't see a loss there. And then you have Texas Tech at the end of the year. We'll know what Texas Tech is way before we get to get to Lubbock. But just I look at these road games, I'm like, these are all very, very winnable games for Oklahoma. So the tough ones are all at home. Granted, you want them to be at home, home field advantage. But again, I just don't see them being a one-loss team this year because I got to see the defense perform. I got to see it all put together. I know there's excitement about certain players. You're excited about guys like Justin Harrington, Billy Bowman, the true freshman, Jaron Kanick, uh, David Aguebu, Deshaun White are getting rave reviews, Reggie Grimes, Jalen Redmond, uh, so on and so on. I could go down the list, but... Again, I think it will take some time. Brent didn't turn around Clemson's defense in one year. He made them better, and I think they will perform at a high level at certain times. But at the end of the day, I do think OU is going to have some struggles here and there against a guy like Deuce Vaughn and against a guy like Dave Aranda playing Baylor, who one of the best head coaches in the country when it comes to coaching up his line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That's what I worry about with Baylor, them dominating the line of scrimmage. I like some guys on the O-line for OU. I like some guys on the D-line for OU. End of the day, I just think Baylor's going to be too tough for that first test. But you get a rematch at Arlington, you win the rest of your games, you get to the Big 12 Championship, you make a few adjustments, a scheme adjustment, and this is where your freshmen come in. The thing I love about true freshmen is that I always like to treat highly touted true freshmen as icing on the cake. You don't depend on them to win football games, but a guy like a Jaden Gibson could make a big play in a Big 12 championship game when you need it to happen. Kind of like Kenny Stills back in 2010 when he became a prominent member of the offense over the season. Didn't Wasn't quite the number one guy. Royals was your number one guy, but made some big plays here and there. Uh, 
you know, same thing for guys like Gavin Sawchuk and Javante Bard in the in the in the backfield. Uh, so looking forward to see what those guys can do, along with Eric Gray and Marcus Major, your established running backs. So yeah, at the end of the day, I, I see OU going getting two losses. Yes, at home. I know people are going to disagree with that and are going to like hold their noses at that. I understand, but I think they can win the Big Twelve Championship, and that's what I predict them to do. Uh, that will be a good kind of like foundation for the program. It'll establish that everything's going to be okay. Brent's a good football coach as the, as a head football coach, and he's going to lead this program into the SEC. And, you know, if recruiting keeps going the way he's going, he's going to be very, very successful there too. And I, I believe like the myth of the whole SEC being impossible to win, you're going to add two teams to that conference. And uh, I assume they're going to have play nine conference games. They're going to kind of have to, if you're going to play, have 16 teams and uh, want to keep all these rivalries you care about, all these Alabama, Tennessees and Georgia Auburns and whatnot that were crossover games that were so important uh, in the old format of East and West, because that's probably going away. Uh, having said all of that, um, you know, OU, Sugar Bowl, Big 12 Championship, play Texas A&M or Kentucky or something like that, I think that's a good first season. Now, you go on to the next seasons with 23 and 24, expectations start to go up. So with the recruiting way it is, I think OU is going to have a very, very good early run once they enter the Southeastern Conference, whenever that may be, because there's a little bit of scuttlebutt out there that OU might be joining a little sooner than later, no pun intended. But uh, little hints out there that 2023 is still a possibility to join the SEC. Uh, Nothing official or nothing, a little more concrete is out there yet. But if you put two and two together, you see like, the OU basketball team is backing out of the 2023 uh, the, the Battle for Atlantis tournament because you can only have you can't have two teams for the same conference. Arkansas is already in there, so OU is going to back out and maybe play in a different tournament for 23. Uh, you have um, just all these like we're going to have to wait to see what schedules look like for the SEC and the Big 12 when they drop at some point this season for next year. And uh, I, I just think also the fact that you have USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten in 2024, if you're ESPN, you're going to want to have OU and Texas in the SEC ready to go because you don't want to have this weird crossover year where Fox and CBS dominate the landscape of television, even if even if it's for only one year. So I would keep your eyes open for that just in case something like that happens. It could drop in the middle of the season. You never know. I remember way back when, when uh, – Pitt, when a Pitt and Syracuse were announced to join the ACC in the middle of the OU Florida State game in 2011. So news like that could drop at any time. So got to keep uh, got to keep your ears open for that to see because uh, conference realignment can happen at any time. So, yeah, uh, can't wait for week one of college football. Obviously got OU UTEP. Uh, Georgia, Oregon is going to be exciting to watch. I'll try to keep an eye on that one because I'll be doing a watch along for OU UTEP. Uh, so, I uh, got Notre Dame and Ohio State, just a great helmet game to watch. Uh, two top five teams. I think Ohio State's going to win that one very comfortably, though, because Notre Dame dealing with some injury bug issues in preseason camp. Not a great thing to do when you're open up with Ohio State. You prefer to open up with Akron. <laughs> so, uh, but you, the schedule is what it is at this point, so you got to got to handle your business there. Uh, but it's been a long off season. Cannot wait for week one of college football to get here. Starts Thursday night, Thursday all the way through Monday. Labor Day weekend is one of my favorite times of the year because long weekend off and you get to spend it watching college football. With that being said, I'm out for now. This is Sean Forcer for the Believe in OU podcast and I'll catch you all later.